Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you knew this podcast, we like to talk about all things related to mindfulness, meditation, Reiki, spirituality, um, what am I missing? Metaphysics, anything in that realm. And today we have a guest. His name is Ernesto Ortiz. He is a um, author, teacher, therapist, artist. He's also the founder and director of Journey to the Heart which is a company dedicated to uplifting the consciousness and the well-being of others. Um, He's also the author of uh, The Akashic Records. That's the title of the book, and um, it's a book that we love so much, and we use it um, quite frequently during some of our meditations that we do on Mondays. So um, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies, for the invitation. Uh, I hope we can share some good information for your listeners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt in that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've been doing the Akashic Records for over 25 years. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I came across the the Akashic Records, well, much, much longer than that, you know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, uh, you know, when I was reading Madame Blavatsky, uh, Edgar Cayce, uh, Alice Bailey, uh, Nostradamus, people like that that have mentioned and have used the Akashic workers for their work. So that was the initial introduction to to the word Akasha, which every time I say that word gives me goosebumps. Uh, And then about 30 years ago is when I was introduced to the system that I use now and that I teach now. So uh, so 20, 30 years of using this particular, particular method, maybe 32 years, and at least uh, 26, uh, 25, 26 years of teaching this material as well. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so would you explain the Akashic Records for our listeners? Um, maybe tell them a little bit more about what it is. Sure. Uh why don't we start with the big picture, you know, and then we begin to reduce that to the us in the now. So the word akasha is it's a word that means uh, primary or primordial substance in Sanskrit. So what that means is that there is a substance that exists everywhere in the universe that luckily for us in today's world, we have science that is coming to validate so much for us that we have known in the metaphysical, spiritual world for so many years. And uh, in 2014, there was a symposium in Milan, Italy, headed by Professor Irving Laszlo, uh, and uh, this was a scientific conference in which all the uh, quantum physicists, etc., were there. And they finally said that they have now the validation and the proof that there is a substance that exists everywhere in the universe that moves very, very slow from past to present, and it will continue to the future. And this particular substance is known, or they called it, the Akashic Fields. And what they said is that it has also been proven that over the past centuries, uh, many people with special gifts or abilities, uh, such as seers, visionaries, shamans, uh, mystics, etc., are have been uh, have been able to to jump into this field and to explore the potential that is within it. <clears throat> So the word akasha is, I call it uh, the, 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 the connective tissue of the universe. You know, just like inside of our body, we have connective tissue that is wrapping the tiniest of cells and the largest of bones and organs. And if that connective tissue was removed out of our body, everything inside will fall, you will just fall down. So this substance is what is holding everything together in the universe. And what this substance is made out of is one very beautiful thing, which is called love. So love is what is holding this whole substance together in the universe. So just imagine, you know, the vastness of the universe and everything that is out there is wrapped by this by this uh, particular substance. Now, what is unique is 
that this is the recording of everything from the time of its inception to the present. So we can actually jump into that field, into this Akashic field. And if we know how and have the right tools, we can navigate that field from the present to the past. So that is the big, big picture, you know, is the Akashic fields are just this enormous substance that is actually capable. We can actually feel it in between our hands, but, or our body, etc. But we are too dense. We are not fine-tuned to that particular frequency in order to be able to perceive it unless there is a shift of consciousness. So from the big picture like that, we begin to reduce that substance to planetary, the earth, Mama Gaia, Pachamama's imprint of energy that is being given out. So what the scientists said is that this particular substance is capable of recording anything or any output of energy of anything that is alive and everything is alive. So this substance is the recording device of the universe. So now we reduce it to the earth and the earth is giving this aliveness, this vibration frequency constantly. So the Akashic fields are recording the progress of the Earth's evolution from the time of its inception to the present as well. Now, from that, we reduce it one more time and we go to different cultures. And now we're talking about the cultural energetic impressions that are given via our emotions. So each culture is now having uh, a recording of that progression of that particular culture, and now we call that the records. So now we are moving from Akasha to the Akashic records of a particular culture. <clears throat> and then we reduce it one more time from the culture to the family, our family. And there is the recording of the, of the evolution of our family and how that family, that karma, has moved from the past to the present, and in most cases will continue to the future. And then we reduce it one more time from family karma or family Akashic records to our own individual Akashic records. So our own Akashic records are the progression of our soul's evolution from the time of the inception of the soul to this present moment. The beauty of the Akashic Records is that every output of energy that we have ever given life is being recorded. And with the right tool, with the right know-how, we can actually jump into the Akashic fields and explore our own Akashic Records. So what that means is, and to me, there is no better system that that we can use in order to look at karmic conditions that we have created in this life or previous lives. And if there is negative karma that has created an imprint between us and another individual or group of individuals, that by jumping into the Akashic fields, we can travel back in time from the present moment to the moment of the inception of that condition, maybe that fight or that argument or that killing or that war or whatever we were involved in this life or previous life, and then make the energetic corrections. So what that means is that if an action was taken 30 or 50 years ago, if, if someone was a bully and they went to school and they beat up another child to take that sandwich away, that is a moment in which karma is created. So we left an energy imprint motivated by whatever it was within ourselves at that particular moment, that greed, that jealousy, because he had a better sandwich or whatever it was. And also the energetic imprint that we put into that other child and how that child felt after this exchange 
or number of exchanges. You know, maybe he felt uh, worthless. Maybe he felt insignificant. Definitely he felt angry anything like that. So that is something that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago that is still connecting us with that individual from the actions that we took at that particular moment. So by jumping into the Akashic fields and navigating from the present to the past, we can have a dialogue with ourselves and then Tell ourselves we were ignorant, we were didn't know what we were doing, I was angry at that time, whatever it is. So I am going to forgive myself for those actions. And now it's time to talk with this other individual, that other child, and review the energetic imprint that our actions left behind and then ask for forgiveness. Now, the action, the fact that we beat up that child, we kicked him or whatever, that action has can never be erased. But the energetic imprint, which is the emotion left behind by my actions, that can be erased by using the Akashic Records. So to me, there is truly no better way of cleaning and looking at negative karma or positive karma to reinforce it, if that is the case, but mostly to be able to erase any negative karma that we have created. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, that's amazing. It's very healing. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and we've seen, have we seen a lot of cultures throughout history access the Akashic Records? Has well, it had like different names? Uh, yes, yes, there's multiple names. You know, if you review any sacred scripture from any religion, any culture from around the world, there is always the mention of the word Akasha, you know, or, or the book of life. You know, most people in the Western world are familiar with the Bible, and the Bible talks about the book of life. Well, what is the book of life? Is our the recording of our soul's evolution from the moment of his inception to the present moment. So all of the cultures from around the world have used a similar word like Akash or Akasha or, you know, other words that that uh, that indicate that that particular culture or, uh, or religion has the knowledge of the Akashic workers or the Akashic fields. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so anybody can do it, right? If you are, there some people who are just, it's easier for them to access it? Uh, I would say, you know, number one, everyone can do it. The only one requirement, and I get many emails and people that ask me, I don't have any experience, I'm new on the spiritual path, can I do it? And I said, absolutely, you are at actually at an advantage because you don't have any preset ideas that have been given to you or that you have inherited by, by others. So the only requirement is to have an open heart. So if you have an open heart and you come with that open heart to study the material, you can learn and you can access the Akashic Records. The number one uh, impediment or obstacle is lack of trust. It's when people start questioning, well, am I worthy? You know, is this really coming from the records? Is this coming from my mind? And the second one will be any other technique that people have learned, you know, maybe some someone has psychic abilities, you know, and those psychic abilities, if they, if they bring them into the Akashic Records, when they begin to learn the material, what that is going to do is create a pattern of interference. So people that have those abilities is a wonderful thing. You know, however, I tell people when they come to my classes, leave outside the door, live in your dormitory, in your room at home, all other abilities, all other knowledge that you have of anything and enter into this study with an open mind, like the beginner's mind and not the expert mind. If you have expertise in something and you bring it to the process of learning the Akashic Records, that expertise you know, it's going to create a pattern of interference because possibly you will say, oh, well, I have heard that. I have done that before. And you 
don't give yourself the opportunity. You're blocking yourself in that way. But if you come in with a beginner's mind, the beginner's mind is open, is receptive, is excited to learn something new. And once you learn the purity of the teaching and how to access the Akashic Records, then <clears throat> you can bring in any other modality that you have learned in the past, but not only a spiritual or metaphysical modality, <clears throat> you can be, bring anything into your life. You know, if you're an architect, a dentist, uh, uh, a teacher, uh, uh, a housewife, a gardener, anything at all, when you bring that knowledge that you have and you put it under or, or actually on top of the Akashic Records, and you make the Akashic Records or Akasha to be the platform, the foundation that is going to give you the, uh, an ability to go way above and beyond what you have already learned or done, even if you have reached a point of expertise. Because the moment we enter the Akashic fields, we are actually shifting our consciousness. We're fine-tuning our consciousness to be able to perceive greater amount of information, greater amount of, of material that is in a new level of frequency or vibration. So just imagine that right now, every one of us is vibrating at a certain frequency, which we are. And let's just call, for an example, that frequency to be uh, 220 hertz or watts, whatever you want to call it. The moment you access or you open the Akashic Records, by fine-tuning your energy, you're going to go above those 220 watts to maybe 500 watts. So from 220 to 500, you have another field of exploration that you have never explored before. But if your own abilities, you know, uh, uh, indicate that you can go from 220 watts to 1,000 watts or you make a gradual increase of your own frequency vibration to go from whatever you are right now to 1,000 watts, then from 220 to 1,000, from 220 to 1,000, you have this vast field of exploration that will give you far more knowledge from anything, including something that you have already done before. And if you continue in this way, then we are actually um, working with neuroscience, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of understanding that when we begin to learn something new like this, then uh, new neurons, bundles of neurons are created in our brain. And when those neurons begin to connect and awaken in mass, then not only the neurons that have been dormant or dead because of stress that we have experienced in our lives, it begins to awaken. The enlightened mind begins to awaken. And that enlightened mind now can go from 220 hertz to 1,000 hertz or 2,000 or 10,000 hertz to be able to explore and receive greater amount of information from what is stored in the Akashic fields that is in relation to whatever it is that we want to explore and do. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like mind-blowing. I need to, like, use it more. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, there, is there a limit to how many times a person can access the Akashic Records in a day? No, no, absolutely not. You know, okay. if you follow the method that I teach, uh, you can enter the Akashic fields, you know, two, three, four, five times during the day. Or more, you know. Uh, but the question is, what for? What is the use of that? You know, the Akashic Records are, to me, you know, I cannot talk for anyone else, but to me, they're not a crutch. They are something that inspires me, that gives me validation, that gives me a greater vision to be able to heal, to be able to to share uh, with greater joy. Uh, but it's sacred. It's a sacred energy. You know, and sacred energy to me is not something that I want to walk around with in my hands, you know, 24 hours a day. You know, I walk and every step that I take in my life, I consider to be an energetic imprint of this beautiful Mother Earth. And when I take that step or that breath, it's a conscious step or a conscious breath, and that makes it sacred. But to walk around with sacred energy of the Akashic Workers open all day long, 
is something that I do not advocate. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's important. I'm glad yeah. I asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so if you're new to it, what would you suggest? Um, like how long would they want to stay in it? <sighs> well, you know, in, 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 in my classes, what I, what I always tell the, the, the students is gradually increase the amount of time that you spend in the Akashic Quakers. So you learn how to open the Akashic Quakers. You come to a class with me or one of the certified teachers that I have released, uh, or you read my book, and they, all the instructions are there, and then you begin to explore the field of Akasha. So you spend 15 or 20 minutes inside of the Akashic fields, and you move out. You know, you close the Akashic Records and then you come back and you spend another 15 or 20 minutes, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and then gradually increase the amount of time that you can spend in your Akashic Records. So let's talk about, let's say, someone that is in the healing world, that they're a, a healer, a facilitator, uh, they do Reiki, they do Shen, they do anything like that, you know, including someone that is a meditator that meditates more than 15 minutes a day, you know. Uh, but a, a true meditator, you can open your Akashic Records and go and do whatever it is that you do and be greatly or in your inspiration uh, will be enhanced by being inside of the Akashic Records. And gradually you can go from those 15 minutes to what is normal, which is an hour time of doing some type of healing work, massage, whatever it is. And then at the end, you close your Akashic Records. And then if you're going to have another client a half an hour later or something like that, you recenter yourself, you open your Akashic Records to get the inspiration from the masters as to how to best service or help the individual that you are working with. So this is just a gradual, a gradual process of increasing the amount of time uh, so you can... When you receive the Akashic Records, and if you do a live class, you will also receive a physical attunement that imprints you or gives you the, the, you know, it imprints within yourself the frequency of Akasha. And if you do that, then what is going to happen is that your the light that enters your body, your physical body, is going to first go into your brain and start awakening those bundles of neurons and neurotransmitters. There's going to be a lot of activity in your brain. So it is like a coat of light that is being offered to you when you first open the Akashic Records. And that coat of light is going to be 10 times bigger than you are. It's going to be huge. So gradually, the more you go in and out, in and out of the Akashic Records, the more you use the Akashic Records, your energy body is going to start accommodating and growing to fit this new coat of light. And it's going to get to a point, maybe six months later, maybe a year later, who knows, because each, each of us is different, in which that coat of light is going to fit you just perfect, tailor-made. And you will know when that is. When you get to that, when you arrive at that point, then normally I say, ask, you know, for the next shot of light to be given. Maybe that first shot of light is going to give you the ability to go from those 220 watts to a thousand watts and may take you a year to get to that place. But once you get to a thousand, then you ask for the next shot to be given to you and the next shot will be given to you that will give you the ability to go from 1,000 watts to maybe 2,000. So this is the gradual process of expanding our energy body and accommodating the, the frequency of Akasha within our brain and our body and every cell in our body as well. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. So you can ask for um like to turn the volume up and things like that while you're doing it like you can ask for clearer guidance as well yes absolutely absolutely you know the so the, the the i think that the question would be how do we receive the akashic records how do we get okay. it and the way we get it is a frequency that comes from above from from the akashic fields and descends like a beam of light down into our eighth chakra. <clears throat> and 
it's a spirit that is speaking to us that that you know the spirit the, the masters the lords of akasha are the ones that are providing this information to us but they don't speak to us in english or they don't speak to us in french or korean or japanese or hindi they speak to us in the language of spirit which is light language which is encoded in sacred geometry so when that energy enters our eighth chakra and begins to descend into our seventh chakra is when we begin via our senses to translate that light language, that sacred geometry into a way that we can understand it. So if we are visual, we'll be able to see with clarity. If we're auditory, we'll be able to hear perfectly. If we're sensory, we'll be able to feel it. Very few people have the ability to perceive spirit with taste and smell. However, it's not impossible. So based on the way that you receive this information, it's perfect. And what the only thing that we want to do is to enhance, to increase the volume of your reception from wherever it is to the highest that it can be. And at the same time, to, re to be able to have uh, the, the totality of an experience within Akasha, regardless of whether you're in nature or at home, uh, in the ocean or whatever, the totality of that experience can be given to you by asking for all of your senses to gradually to increase from wherever they are to a number 10. So little by little, in my case, I was uh, very auditory and visual. So I could see from a very early age, but the other senses were not developed so much. And when I start using the Akashic Records, I simply ask. And little by little, the perception of spirit or the messages can start coming to me by smelling something or by tasting something or by feeling something that I was not able to, to feel before. So by now, all of my senses are at a, at a number 10. So if, the, if we're going to create a scale from, from zero to 10, maybe my smell and my uh, taste were, were at a minus three or four. You know, my auditory and my visual were like a, between a seven and an eight. My sensory was my, my number three. And with the use of the Akashic Records, all of my senses have been enhanced. Now, the one thing is important is I don't want to be walking around in life, the metro station, the, the, the airplanes, the train stations, the supermarket, etc. I don't want to be walking around with a 10, meaning all of my senses wide open, because I would be constantly bombarded by the input of energy from the world into my life. So for me, I have created a, 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 a way in which when I open my Akashic Records, is as I begin to turn all the volume up from whatever it is to a number 10. So while I am in my Akashic Records energy, then I have the input fine-tuned by all of my senses. And when I close my Akashic Records, because now after an hour or two hours, uh, I simply close my Akashic Records, the volume goes all the way down to whatever is manageable for me to live a comfortable life without being bombarded by the energy of the world. Okay. I was just about to ask you if everyone experiences um, it differently, because I notice in our like sessions we have here, sometimes my friends will have um, full visual. My one friend, he, it's like he goes somewhere else. And um, right. my other friend will hear, he hears a lot. He gets a little bit, he sees like a book sometimes he said, um, mm -hmm. But a lot of it's more like audio. So I was going to ask you that. I'm glad you answered it. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, we cannot compare ourselves to anyone else because, you know, we just come in with the built-in equipment that we have and we all have the same equipment. But, you know, it's our own uh, way of, of relating to the world that has given us the ability to be more auditory or more visual, etc. But we can enhance all of our senses by, you know, using the Akashic Records and then have greater per perception of the whole. Okay. Oh, that's good to know that you can, you can have the ability to um, improve it if you wanted to have like a more visual or audio experience. Sure. Um, 
Oh man, I was going to ask you something else, but I just forgot it. So how, um, maybe you could explain, um, you don't have, if it's too long, you don't have to go into full detail, but how would one um, enter the Akashic Records? I use a sacred prayer, okay? I, uh, I am not a psychic. Uh, when I was uh, 17 years old, I was, I was taking a, a mediumship class and my senses started getting very fine-tuned and open. And then I started seeing all kinds of things that were extremely scary for a child of 17 years old without any really, without proper proper guidance. And I start seeing out of the solar plexus of individuals and the aura of individuals, snakes and rats and, and ugly things. And that scared me. And I said, if this is what it's like to be a psychic, I don't want to be one. <laughs> and I shut the door, yeah. you know, I, I completely shut the door. And then uh, of course I am, I am intuitive, but that's, that's a different story. Right. So when I came across the Akasha Kirkus and I start using this system is when I learn that I can go in and out by using a sacred prayer. So the system, the method that I learned uses a sacred prayer that was given to us by the Mayan culture. And this particular sacred prayer, we repeat three times. Everything is in the book if someone wants to read it. And as we say the prayer and we're centered in our heart doesn't take uh, you know much to do we just have to be in the right heart space in the right environment to be able to read the prayer and be in the space of the heart not in the space of the head and then by repeating the prayer three times with the formula that is given that I either teach or that someone can read it in the book then what happens is that as we say the prayer, our frequency, our vibration begins to get tuned in to the frequency and vibration of Akasha. So once we finish with that, it's as we enter the Akashic fields. Now, our personal Akashic workers are stored in what I call uh, the Library of Congress of the Soul. So just imagine, you know, the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., an amazing, huge library that has volumes and volumes and volumes and miles and miles and miles of shelf space with any information that you can possibly imagine. Now, in today's world, everything is measuring gigabytes and megabytes and all those bytes that I don't understand. However, you know, it, the, the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. has something like 25 zettabytes of, of information. So you, you go, what in the world is a zettabyte or an extabyte? And that is would be equivalent to something like 5 million personal computers or something like that. Okay, so that is in, in a physical library of Congress. Now we can talk about Google and Google exceeds the amount of information that is stored in the Google Cloud to, I don't know, maybe 30 or 50 zettabytes or exabytes of information. Well, that is a drop in the bucket compared to what is in the Akashic fields. So when we open our Akashic workers, it's as if we enter an elevator and that particular elevator doesn't have any buttons other than the lower, the lower level and then the penthouse. And that's where we want to go. So it's a straight shot to the penthouse. So once we get to the penthouse, it's as if the doors of Akasha, the doors of the Library of Congress of the Soul, is op they're open for us. Then we enter that Akashic field. And once we are in those fields, the question is, what do you want to do? You know, you can go to the front desk of the library and ask the librarians, the Akashic masters, for any specific information you want about your past lives, about the present lives, about your relationship, about the codependency, the addiction that you have, you know, the repeated patterns that you have. You can ask for inspiration. You can ask for anything at all you want. Or you can simply go into this library and sit in a very comfortable couch and do absolutely nothing but to sit and meditate and listen to beautiful music and receive the healing energy that is within the Akashic fields. So the potential is 
unlimited, you know. So it's up to us as to how we want to explore the potential that is within the Akashic fields. But by using the Akashic record prayer, we are creating that shift in our consciousness. We're creating that shift in our brain, our mind, to be able to access these higher dimensional realities based on our own potential. Okay. Um, So whenever we seek, like, guidance can does that do the answers come instantly like how fast does one receive answers whenever they do um go like when they're done may they receive like some sort of like answer afterwards well all depends on each individual you know the one thing that that i that i explore in the level one class, and there are four levels of the Akashic Records. In the level one class is the introduction to the Akashic Records, is when you start learning the prayer, when you create a relationship with Akasha, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that is very important to explore is our belief systems. Because it's our beliefs that create the condition of our mind and is the relationship between beliefs and the condition of our mind that creates the reality the life that we are living today. And many of us have old antiquated belief systems that come from two, three, four generations back. And it gets to a point in which we have to stop and ask, are these belief systems or this particular belief system serving me, serves me in my life? So how the information comes depends as to how the amount of inner work that someone has done to be able to clear all the debris that is, you know, the karmic debris that is sitting in our mind that perhaps keeps us maybe uh, two or three or four steps away from having a full, strong reception of the message that is given. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible, but it's like, you know, if someone says to you, come with me, you know, we are now the inner archaeologist and we're going to go and investigate what is deep within ourselves. And by walking up to the top of this hill, I will promise you that if we start digging right here, that we're going to find a treasure. And the treasure is that full potential that is within us to be deeply and intimately connected with Akasha. But we get there and we start digging and but of course, we're going to find some skeletons. We're going to find some karmic conditions that come from the past. So what is needed is courage, you know, courage to know that you will, that you have to bring the, 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 the material that is stored in your subconscious and your psyche that is connected to belief systems or something else or karmic conditions in order to clear them with the guidance and the energy of Akasha. But unfortunately, many people feel, don't feel or don't have the courage to go so deep within their own consciousness and subconscious to heal and bring all this up to the light. So they never get to the real treasure. Many people are doing in today's world superficial spiritual work instead of deep and truly meaningful a spiritual work. And that deep and meaningful spiritual work is when you say, okay, I am willing to explore every condition that exists in my life, every karmic relationship that I have ever had in my life with my family, my lovers, my husband, my wife, and my children in this life or previous life to get to the point of complete and total clarity within myself. Now, does that happen in a month or two? No, it doesn't. No, does it happen in a class? Yes, there are many breakthroughs that are that, that happen in a class, but we are in a container where there's 30 or 40 people studying the same material, creating the same vibrational frequency, uh, where there's sacred geometry, that in my case, that I create and I place in the room where we're studying for the people to get that information. So breakthroughs do happen in one class or in one retreat when they people come to take level one, two, and three, and then the magic unfolds. But at the same time, if you dilute your experience by not believing, by questioning, by uh, 
by continue attaching to the negative patterns that you have created in your life, by going into fear and insecurity, by going into doubt and feeling that you're not worthy when you have lack of forgiveness, you know, that is number one is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing that you need to address in life with whatever technique you want, the Akashic Records or anything else for that matter, because you cannot progress in your spiritual life if you have issues of lack of forgiveness with yourself or anyone else. So when you explore the totality of this, cannot be done in three or four months. Sometimes people say to me, well, I've been doing the Akashic Records. I took a class with you six months ago and I still have this pain, this insecurity, this whatever. And I ask the question, well, how old are you? Well, 45 years old. Well, you have created karma for 45 years, at least in this life, plus what is coming from a previous life. And you expect to clear all that karma in six months? Come on, let's be realistic about this. You know, that is called, that's why it's called spiritual work. So what that means is that we have to work at it, but we have the tool that can make it, that can make it so gentle, so easy, so beautiful, that even when something dark comes from what the, 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 the hole that we're digging to get to the treasure, when that darkness comes up, we just simply see it with the joy of liberation, knowing that we are letting go of something that is holding a certain amount of space in our psyche that is going to be filled with sacred energy, therefore giving you greater potential to experience and live life with more joy, with more abundance, with more compassion, with more kindness, and with more love. Oh, man. Wow. So it sounds like the biggest thing is you have to just kind of like release expectation and just kind of like be okay with where you are while you're doing the work instead of thinking like it has to be a certain way or you have to do just kind of trusting maybe. Expectation will create what I call a pattern of interference. So when you are when you have that expectation, you're putting out a vibration, a frequency from all of your chakras that is now uh, encasing your auric field. So all the chakras are putting all this energy out of, of, of expectation. And then the information, the purity of information that should come from Akasha is now encountered by this expectation, and most of the times, big expectation to receive, to hear, to see, etc., will completely block or nullify the information that you are receiving. That's why I call it a pattern of interference. So there are so many different patterns of interference that if we are not aware that uh, how to look at them, how to address them, what to do about them, we are not going to be able to take that quantum leap to have the full understanding of what Akasha is all about. And unfortunately, in today's world, there are many individuals uh, that are teaching the Akashic workers without the integrity that is needed to teach this material. I have been teaching the Akashic workers uh, at first, it was three days. I increased the amount of time uh, on the level one only, okay? Three days, then four days, and I am going to increase very soon the, the class for the, just the level one to be five days of teaching. So just imagine the amount of information and understanding that someone must have in order to be fully clear and have the understanding. Well, I know people... You know, I live in, if I'm not traveling, I, li- I have a house in Miami, Florida. And here, uh, and I have heard of other people around the country that teach the level one class in one day. You know, how can that possibly be? You are, that individuals that are teaching in one day are not doing the right service to someone. Individuals like that have come to my classes and then they say, well, I never heard of patterns of interference. I never heard about the disowned self, fragmented pieces of the soul. I, all of these things. Well, how can you hear about that if someone is just giving you the prayer in one day and they tell you, go practice? Yeah, exactly. You know? That's crazy. It's just, you know, I called, I called uh, uh, 
spirituality or metaphysics in the world as they are as it is today, a spiritual supermarket. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are just hungry because there is a spiritual awakening that is taking place everywhere in the world and it's beautiful. So as this spiritual awakening is happening, then there are the individuals, the consumers that are going to go to this supermarket looking for the best technique, for the best method, the best way to meditate, the best way to access the Akashic Records, the best way to do shamanism, the, whatever, all of that. And, and because the consumer is there, there has to be the providers. And the providers sometimes are individuals that have that are in full integrity, that have assimilated the material, that they live the material, they become that material. And now because the life changes that they have experienced by using this material, whatever material that may be, shamanism or anything else for that matter, then that individual is in a point of turning around and sharing this material with others out of personal experience, life-transforming material, and they are in a space of integrity. But unfortunately, in today's world, that is not the case. A lot of people see it as, I can just read this book, memorize it, and I can just repeat what it says right there, or take one class, and that is sufficient for me. So the ego is talking, and then the ego consumes the individual, and then they begin to teach a class without having that integrity that I am talking about. That's funny. We were talking about that before um, with each other, that it seems like that's the case sometimes. Sometimes. Um, it, it is the case many times. I have yeah. to unfortunately say this is not sometimes, is many yeah. times. Even, you know, I mean, I have people, I don't have, there are people that are teaching the Akashic Records because, just from my book. Oh, they, wow. they never took a oh, class. Really? You know? They are teach, there are people teaching the level one and the level two classes, you know, and they took only one time a class with me, you know, on that field that they have the calling and they already know the material. And three, four, five months after they take the class, they begin to teach the material. So I contact them and I say, hey, what's going on? If you want to teach, enter the teacher training program with me and then teach under the umbrella of journey to the heart, be in the space of integrity. But the answer is always the same. You know, the answer is always, well, the masters told me to to do this. So who are you to tell me not to? So I, I, you know, now I just let it go. And I just, you know, know that karma is something that is there. But this, you know, this type of material or this type of way of behaving exists in every in every branch of of religion, so to speak. You know, I personally follow Tibetan Buddhism as my personal path. And about seven, eight, maybe nine years ago, a, a woman in France uh, took the class level one and level two with me, and three months later, she was teaching level one and level two. So I contacted her and she told me, who are you to tell me not to teach, blah, blah. So I went to a retreat with one of my teachers. It was a 14-day silent retreat. And we had the opportunity to talk with a teacher, a, a Buddhist Rinpoche. And I went to him and I said, Your Holiness, you know, this is what is happening, you know, with this, with this person, whatever. And he said to me, Ernesto, this is happening even in our, in our world today. So someone takes an empowerment from us about maybe the, the, the chin raising, the Buddha of compassion or, or something like that. And then a few months later, because they take notes, they take a video, they record the information. A few months later, not being a Rinpoche, or a qualified Buddhist teacher, they are passing that empowerment to others. So it is in every walk of life. Wow, that's scary. They get a taste of information and then they decide to take the fast track instead of doing it the correct way. And then they're calling themselves an expert. Yeah, and then they're deeming themselves experts when they should follow these traditions and follow the actual teacher that they are getting the information from. It's like a lack of respect. Yeah, zero respect. It is. It is. It's the ego talking and, and, and what the ego in this particular case is looking for money. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you, know, you know, if I can ha- if I can have a class with 15 or 20 people, then I'm going to make this kind of money. Well, that is far more than I make a week if I'm doing my regular work. So well, might as well do this one. But then they don't understand the karma that they are generating when they teach something without the blessing, 
with what they're teaching, something like that. And they also the, the karma from the innocent student that comes to teach with them. So it is, it is a, it's a big deal, but anyway, we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, we want our podcast to be kind of like a, a resource, you know, that like, there are these teachers out here and, you know, we're always honored to have like people like you on, on the podcast to, who are very knowledgeable and I don't know, just, you know, a good point of uh, guidance. So Thank you. What I, the only thing that I would like to say, which is what I tell my students in, in my classes, is you have the right to question the teacher. If I'm going to go and pay you $1,000 to take this class, I, as a student, have the right to question you. Where did you learn this? How long have you been doing it? How have you transformed your life? Are you a part of the lineage? Do you have the blessing to teach on and on, all these words, all these questions. And if the teacher gets all ruffled up and the ego comes up and they say, well, well, who do you think you are to ask me those questions? Then you have the right to question if that is the right teacher for you. But if that teacher gives you all the answers and that teacher comes from the heart, from a humble space in the heart, then probably you will know, you will feel that this is the right teacher for you to have. Um, Okay. I do have a question. I wrote it down. So I wouldn't forget, but this is off top. This is not what we were talking about either. Um, but whenever you do go into your Akashic records, what type of guides like might you encounter? Would it be um, like your spirit guides or um, like where does the guidance come from, I guess, for our listeners? Yeah. Now, the, the guidance comes from the Akashic masters. Your spirit guides are in the etheric plane. Okay. okay, the the etheric plane, the angels, the spirit guides, all that there in the etheric plane, which I call it a, the playground. I call it the playground of the gods. It's a beautiful place. If you have ever had a beautiful deep meditation, if you connect with angels and all that, all that is in the etheric plane, which is the lower the spiritual plane, if you want to call it that, the highest of spiritual planes of everywhere in the entire universe that we know of is the Akashic fields. And masters that or individuals that have achieved complete and total mastery over their emotions, if they have walked this earth and they have <clears throat> they have worked out all of their karma, if they have achieved complete and total enlightenment, if they have made their ascension can, then they move to the Akashic fields. And those are the masters, those are the lords of Akasha. So there's hundreds of thousands of them from the past many hundreds and hundreds of years that the earth has been around and other planetary systems as well. So, you know, so these are the masters, the lords of Akasha. And they are the ones that give the information. That's why it's so important to have the prayer or a way in which you deeply connect that eighth chakra is this tube of light that I mentioned before that is coming from the Akashic fields straight down to your crown, okay? And is bypassing all of the others. It bypasses the astral plane, the mental plane, the, the causal plane, the etheric plane, and it goes straight to the Akashic fields. So, Someone, when you start receiving the information from Akasha, is going to be from one of the masters of Akasha. So if you go to that Library of Congress that I mentioned before, and you walk into the Akashic fields, you enter that library, like I said before, you can sit in the couch right there and just be very comfortable to receive the overall energy of Akasha. Or you can go to the front desk of the library where the masters are, are, and you can ask for <clears throat> for a general weather report, just overall information about your day. You can review your day at the end of the day, your emotions, etc., in a general way. But if now you want specific information, then the masters of Akasha will direct you to where you can obtain a specific information. So if you want to know about gardening, architecture, uh, if you want to go and know about UFOs, if you want to know about past lives, you want to know about anything at all that you want in life, what they will do is they will direct you to another master that has the expertise or the know-how 
that can answer all of your questions and you can be educated in whichever way you need to be educated. So that master will become your teacher. And that teacher will be with you until you fulfill, until you learn all that you need to learn. And then he or she will go away. That energy will go away. So the ones that are providing information and the lords of Akasha, these are the masters and teachers. And there are many, many from all cultures, from all religions, from every walk of life that have ascended to that level of Akasha. Now, below Akasha, then we have, for example, the archangels. The archangels have the ability to be in the Akashic fields, receive all the information from the enlightened beings, enlightened masters, and then they come back down to the etheric plane. And then they command or they give the information to legions of angels and to all of the spirit guides, etc. But those are closer to the earth plane and not in the ether or in, not in the uh, Akashic fields. Okay. Man, wow, that's so amazing. Oh, but thank you for clarifying that too. Sure. My pleasure. That, yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, you said you study uh, Tibetan Buddhism and uh, you said shamanism as well. Like, what are some of the other things that you practice besides just um, the Akashic records? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I came, I, I came into my awakening when I was probably around eight years old. And the introduction to, to this awakening was uh, with a group of people in Mexico, which is where I grew up until I was 14 years old. And um, uh, and that introduction was, you know, to the shamanic world, to Mexican mysticism. And that, boom, opened my third eye completely. Um, so shamanism has been a part of my life, all of my life. I do not call myself a shaman. I call myself someone that practices shamanism. I try to remove the ego as much as I can from everything that I do in my life, you know. So shamanism is something that I, that I, that I teach, uh, different forms of shamanism, uh, sacred geometry, trans dance, uh, tans, trans dance and tantric shamanism, the Akashic records, sacred geometry, uh, oh, I don't know, whatever else, Medita different meditation techniques, uh, things like that. Okay. Oh, awesome. And so um, our listeners can go to your website and learn more. Yeah. Um, about all that. Okay, cool. And they can also see where you're teaching as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I don't have any more questions. Do you have any, Arlene? Okay. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for being a guest on our show. My pleasure. Okay. Um, and then we'll link your website down below. That's, that'll be wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with you and, to, and with your radio listeners. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. As usual, at the end of every episode, we like to send our listeners distant Reiki. We recommend not driving or operating machinery because it might make you a little sleepy. Uh, we suggest sitting in a meditative state or um, in a comfortable spot. Though it's not required, you'll still receive the energy. Uh, when the music starts, the Reiki session has begun. And at the end of the song, it is over. If you would like to learn more about Reiki, you can go to our website at arlene.com slash Reiki. Thanks for listening. Bye.